Welcome back to the Space Hour on Federal News Network. I'm Eric White. With the rapid growth of the space industry comes the ever-increasing need for workers in many trades to actually get things off the ground. Not even talking about the scientists behind these massive projects, but what about the welders and other technical occupations that are needed? Two industry organizations have recently announced a new initiative to help with that, the Aerospace Industries Association and the American Institute of Aeronautics and Astronautics, or AIAA, have agreed to work together to get more people to join the space industry. To find out the how and why, I welcome back Dan Dumbacher, who is the executive director of AIAA. The main purpose behind it, uh, Eric, is the uh, the reality that, our in, that the aerospace industry faces that there are as the work continues to grow there are more and more people needed uh to be able to accomplish all the objectives and and that's uh certainly the engineering scientific fields and and what got focused on with the space council announcement and the aia aiaa effort is there's also a very dramatic need for skilled craftspeople uh, the welders, the electronic assembly, the machinists, the in or, because this is all high precision work uh, takes a lot of skill to go do it, uh, and we need to be preparing that workforce uh, to handle all of the all of the uh, efforts that are out there. And right now, there's such a shortage across the industry. Uh, that people are recognizing that we need to take some steps to go address that shortage. And can you just lay out for me a couple of those steps that this uh, initiative will take place? I know that you, AIAA itself, has launched a new initiative that we can get into, but what steps will this coalition be taking to address those needs? So this coalition purposely took the approach uh, after a fair amount of discussion with the Department of Labor, uh, across industry, across other government agencies and the Space Council was let's let's not go try to solve the problem, all the problems for everybody right off the bat. Let's go take some um, example cases to go figure out what works, what doesn't work, what are the hurdles that are necessary to be addressed to scale up what's out there now among among the industry, the community colleges, the local governments, what are what's working? What are the hurdles that are needed to scale it up to to meet the demand? We very purposely chose three different um, locations to get that experiential knowledge: Space Coast, Gulf Coast, New Orleans, and Southern California. Uh, with the idea being that there are going to obviously be some similarities, but there will also be some differences. And what are those differences that we can learn from? And then as we learn what those hurdles are, we come up with approaches to address those hurdles. Then the question is going to become, how do I expand this out further and further across uh, across the industry? Because it's not just the local primes problem. It's also... This challenge also exists throughout the supply chain. This announcement was very purposely focused on, let's go get three examples. Let's learn from those three examples. Let's figure out from those examples, what are some of the key steps that need to be taken to address and and to get to the scale up necessary for the demand, uh, and then learn from that and then then take the next steps following. 
You touched on it a little bit, and the space industry is not the or is not alone in its dire need for more STEM workers. Um, but you said that this may even go beyond STEM. Can you just expand a little bit on the kinds of workers that are definitely uh, needed more? Uh, you know, you talked about welders and uh, other people that are be handling the actual hardware. But what else is needed? Um, you know, other than the obvious ones of rocket engineers and things like that. Well, yeah, you got the obvious one. The, you know the the engineers, the spacecraft engineers, the scientists, and, I, and and to be honest with you, the business people, the economists, the communications professionals, the policy professionals, the attorneys, that are all necessary to go make, that are all part of the team of making these things successful. You know, I need people to be able to, I, I need the right people with the right skills to be able to run the budgets and to keep track of the finances and and as this becomes more and, and how to work with the investment community as this becomes more and more a commercially driven marketplace. So I need all of those skills. Um, I need the artists so that I can help, you know, as part of the communication effort. So there's all the skills out there that are needed. The industry is growing. It's growing rapidly. The opportunities are growing rapidly. You just have to grow the you have to grow the workforce. I don't think, you know, I don't want to. I I want to be very very careful here. I don't want to. I, I'm not saying this is an Apollo moment because it, it it's totally different. However, at this point in time, I have more activity going on in the space community, the aerospace community, and you start thinking about autonomous air taxis. You start thinking about what we need to do to decarbonize commercial air transportation. And you're right, it's, it's, it's the entire aerospace industry in addition to the needs in other industries. So it's our STEM workforce, uh, STEM capable workforce across the board and STEM aware. I, I actually prefer the, I prefer the STEAM because I really do, the arts really are part of this. Uh, and we, we have a, the demand is growing. And so we have to get more people engaged, more people interested, uh, and more people, uh, preparing to take on those, uh, challenges of the future. Yeah. And on that engagement front, um, AIAA has come out with a new initiative students to launch which is obviously driven towards stem education can you tell me a little bit about that effort and you know all the details surrounding that so one of the things um happy to because you're right it is there's getting people inspired there's getting young people inspired at the right time so that they make the right choices in school that they make the right choices for for their educational career and then on into their um, adult career. And, and that inspiration is a big part of it. You know, you got people like me who will happily talk about how Apollo inspired them, et cetera, et cetera. And that's all true. What do we need to, and, and, and Apollo didn't just inspire rocket engineers. It inspired people to go into medicine. It inspired people to go into all kinds of STEM activities. So, you know, we have to get that inspiration going again. Uh, we, in partnership with NASA uh, and um, and others, decided that the thing to do was one of the things we could do was 
use NASA launches to help inspire students and particularly people that are in the underserved, underrepresented communities that don't typically get these advantages or get this awareness. Because if I'm going to grow the overall workforce, I have to start tapping into the communities I typically don't tap into historically. I need to increase the, the available pool of people that are that can do this. So I want to start reaching into the underserved, underrepresented communities. And that's one of the key tenants behind the student to launch program is to reach into those communities, be they Native American, African American, Hispanic, whatever it might be, uh, so that we can make more people aware, inspire them to the so that they can see the opportunities, see themselves in this, and see that there's that there's opportunity for their career. So for example, students to launch, the way we do it, we have these hub events, also this, the launch events. And we have coming up for the Crew 5 launch, I think I have this right. We have a interesting situation where we did a hub event in a Native American community. They got to talk to a Native American astronaut. It turns out that that group gets to go to a Crew 5 launch where we're putting a Native American woman in orbit. There's the direct connection where people can see themselves. They see people like them in these roles, in these industries, and then they can look at it and go, well, wait a minute. If they can do it, I can do it. And and that's what we're trying to do. And, and that's all part of the inspiration process. So we're, we're trying to, to attack the workforce development need and demand on multiple fronts uh, that are all part of the overall effort from the initial inspiration through the proper training, depending upon what some people want to do and or what people want to do. Uh, and not everybody wants to go to four years of college and become an engineer. Uh, they want to, and they can make a darn good living as a very, as, as a skilled craftsman in the aerospace industry. So, you know, make people aware of those opportunities, help them see the possibilities, help them see themselves in that poss- in, in those opportunities, um, and then use all that to help grow the workforce. You had described it as, you know, close to but not an Apollo moment. Um, I'm just curious on what you think the differences are between the, what where we are right now and the Apollo moment that you described and where the changes of having more commercial interest in these kind of efforts rather than, you know, just one entity, you know, back during the Apollo days, there weren't that many organizations like yourself. Um, but now there are, you know, tons of industry groups who are all pushing for this effort. Um, and I'm just wondering what, what the differences that you see between the two eras and how that have changed things. Well, a, one of the key differences is back in the late fifties, early sixties, we realized that technically we were behind the Russians or the Soviets. It was a technical, it was a technology, technical capability issue. Uh, Today, it is not so much the technical capability issue, although there is an element of that. The bigger driver today is the commercial marketplace and the commercial opportunities creating this new demand that now in the, in the late 50s and early 60s, our focus was literally on what we would now call STEM because, because we realized we were behind in a race with the Soviets. And now 
we have this large demand and, and, and the focus was on engineers and scientists and technicians. We did have a technician drive back then. Now I got this commercial marketplace that's driving this demand and all of these opportunities that are out there. And, and, and it's, I need now all of the technical capability from the skilled craft people through the engineers, et cetera. But I also need the economists. I need the business people. I need the attorneys. I need the communications professionals. I need the marketing professionals. Because the demand, what's pull, what's driving the demand is different. Understand. And, and that's that, that's why I say they're similar, but not the same. Gotcha. All right. Well, uh, wrapping up here, I do have to ask uh, what your uh, responses to the DART uh, initiative project that is going on. Uh, just getting some thoughts from you. I think... You know, just like you're seeing, we did this mission because we want we have to learn. We know that planetary defense is a key issue. Just go back and look at history. It's not an issue I have to necessarily deal with today or tomorrow. But at some point, survival of the human species might depend on this. So this was an, a, a great opportunity to go run an experiment, get the first set of data on if I try, if, if I impact one of these asteroids, how much, um, how much do I actually alter their orbit or their, or their track? Um, what's it made of? Uh, we're we're going to learn about the makeup of the asteroid, how it reacts to an impulse, et cetera. We've never done this before, being the space geek that I am. How cool is that? <laughs> but... In reality, the, the important part is not whether you're a space geek or not. The important part is we're taking the first step in learning what we can actually do to protect the human species for the long haul in case we start to find something coming after us, short of it might be based in a little bit more engineering and technical reality than what Hollywood has used in the past. There is one thing I'd like to emphasize. I think, you know, to go back, the Space Council announcement and what we're doing, I think one of the things that gets that might not get as much um, attention as it probably should is how much we really need to reach into the underserved, underrepresented communities and help grow the number of people interested, not just keep going to the same places. And we have to be very, very intentional about that. We have to recognize that people that we may not typically see or may not be typically part of our local community um, actually do they have talent they have capability they have desires they have a and there are and there is opportunity out there for them as there is opportunity for anyone else so uh, being intentional about helping and reaching into the underserved underrepresented communities which which means I have to figure out how to how to communicate with them, how do, how do I meet them where they are uh, and help them see the possibilities, help them see the opportunities. Uh, it's all going to be part of the part of the work that needs to happen. When we do that, all the boats rise. We meet the demand that's necessary to go achieve for, for the companies to be successful and for everything we want to do in STEM to be successful. And I'm helping everyone in our society live a better future. 
That's Dan Dumbacher, Executive Director of the American Institute of Aeronautics and Astronautics. We couldn't fit all of his interview in, so if you'd like to hear the rest of it, you can go to federalnewsnetwork.com and search the Space Hour. Coming up next, what does it take to sit in the big seat and actually be a NASA flight director these days? Back after a quick break, this is the Space Hour on Federal News Network. I'm Eric White. Oh, 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 oh